Okay, you do. You can do it. You record the trigger warning because I've done the last few. I feel like doing something really serious with it, and I don't really know. Um, welcome. Um, I'll give you like a little a little run up to set the tone. Ready? Da 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 da. da. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um. Hi, listeners. Um, just before we start the podcast, I would just like to. Uh, raise a small flag that um, today we talk about a number of different things, but we do touch on quite a lot, actually, on eating disorders, on diet, exercise, uh, and a lot of things relating to that around mental health. So if those are things that might evoke difficult emotions or behaviours for you, maybe give this one a miss, but I would still recommend maybe giving it a try um, if you are able to tolerate and manage some of that difficult stuff. But Consider this your warning. Okay, take two. Listeners won't know that this is take two. Um, Dan and I started recording this podcast and just like what what happened just hit a wall i I derailed it with my i'm gonna do it again now with my talk of seven dwarfs and uh feeling bashful and then not being able to find any words i derailed it and i apologize for derailing it um uh, well you didn't derail it but you um you expressed bashfulness which is a which isn't something i normally uh think about when i think about you it's because we started with a conversation about celebrity crushes yeah and you were talking about andrew garfield who i absolutely understand the attraction of and that made you go bashful and then now it's like your mind's broke well now i need to clarify because (laughs) i'm not i don't get bashful at the thought of having a crush on andrew garfield like that's having a crush on andrew garfield is is true and absolutely and i wouldn't feel bashful about that I, our conversation went a bit further than that, Tim. Um, well, no, don't make it, because now it's going to sound like we had some kind of horrible, sordid conversation. I was making Dan choose between three celebrity crushes, which one he wanted to snog. <laughs> it wasn't like, it wasn't like a horrible, explicit conversation. We're not those types of people. I didn't suggest it was, but... um I wouldn't. I'm not just bashful at the thought of a crush or which celebrity. I, would, I It was just because we had that conversation. Where are we now? Look, so we had that conversation, then we hit record, and then it went a bit strange. And then I was thinking. I said I was bashful, and then yeah. I wasn't sure if bashful was the right word. And then we went into what? What are the names of the seven dwarves? And there was why, a whole seven dwarves tangent. Yeah, and then some of them aren't suitable names. And what if we called one of them this? And then I couldn't introduce yeah. myself, and I couldn't find words. And here we are again. It was a nightmare. It, it was a nightmare. It was an absolute travesty. Of For a, a moment, the world, my world fell apart. <laughs> I suddenly felt incapable of doing a podcast, something which I've been doing for a year and a half. I apologize. That's not, it's not on you. We can share the blame together. Come on now. That's what this partnership is all about. Okay. Well, before we introduce ourselves, we might just, just uh, welcome people. Okay. Let's do it. Ready? Three. Two, one. Welcome to Troy oh, Story. Sorry. 
Ah, uh, I, d- I did that last time. I did that on the first draft of this. Now Dan saw it was coming. I didn't, I didn't, know, I didn't know if you'd do it again or not. <laughs> so I am Tim. I come to this conversation about joy and well-being and all that kind of stuff from the point of view of somebody who is a hospital chaplain, somebody who's a Christian, somebody who's interested in the language of theology and spirituality. And recently, somebody who started thinking about uh, food, which isn't really something I've massively ever thought about before. But um, after a little uh, wobbly period of mental health, which we can get into later on in the podcast, um, I decided I wanted to make a couple of little changes in my kind of life and maybe eating more healthily could be part of that, Um, which is uh, a phrase that triggered a facial expression on Dan, which... um, I, what was it was it anger i don't know what that facial expression was what was the what was the face well i think we might arrive at what that face was when we have this conversation <laughs> during this podcast okay 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 um are you are you are you done with your introduction yep i've been, i'm introduced you you consider yourself introduced nice to meet you listeners <laughs> Um, I'm Dan. I arrive at this podcast as many things, but I arrive as a a psychotherapist. Um, I'm now struggling still to think of something else to say about myself, but I I guess I would say as somebody who has had to think about food more than I would have liked to have done over the last few years... um, for any listeners who are new listeners, that's all relating to uh, an eating disorder, and who takes uh, takes exception to specific words being used <laughs> with food, uh, like healthy or crap, or um, <laughs> <laughs> where we uh, lump food into bad and good categories. Okay. Okay. Uh, because I think it's a, an entirely unhealthy and potentially dangerous thing to do. Okay. Um, but we shall we shall explore that further. I think what I'll also say is I arrive at this conversation as a huge fan of Shit's Creek. Okay. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what to do with the Shit's Creek thing. I just wanted to say because um, I've got this little sign next to me on my wall that says like "Welcome to Shit's Creek," where everyone fits in. And for anyone who knows, I know the sign that's in Shit's Creek, and it's a funny sign. And I think I was talking to uh, my friend Phil about favorite sitcoms and stuff recently. And yeah. uh, what would your favorite sitcom be? And we kind of you end up what well, I ended up and Phil I think both ended up going into a. Um, well, actually, historically, I've got like a favorite sitcom. Then I've probably got a favorite modern sitcom as well. And like, mm-hmm. I went to like Faulty Towers as an older one, um, and then yeah. Swiss Creek would definitely be my my modern one. So that's, right. that's where I just kind of plucked that from. Okay, okay. That's uh, uh, um. So I uh, we'll get into this. In fact, let's get into it. I so I had a couple of weeks at the beginning of this year where my mental health took a real dip, where I felt really shit and had to take some time off work and that kind of stuff. Um, mostly relates to some medication that I was trying some, uh, anti-anxiety medication, which kind of, uh, fucked my head up a little bit. Um, and part of that meant that I was at home, uh, for quite a bit and, um, found some refuge in 
silly tv shows now i've never seen Shit's creek although i know you love it and at some point i will watch it but my uh refuge was old episodes of taskmaster um i well for for, for listeners who aren't from the uk you might not have heard of taskmaster but it's a kind of silly show where comedians set tasks to other comedians and they're silly things so they're things like um there's an episode i watched today where one of the tasks was do the most uh i think it was surprising thing with this chickpea and so the comedians had to like film themselves doing silly challenges with the chickpea um and it's just it's genuinely laugh out loud funny all the way through um and those kinds of things those those like home bob's burgers is another one for me those like just kind of TV shows that you can come home to, even though you've seen them however many times before, are just great. I think when you're when you're struggling a little bit, um, I'm yeah. glad you found. I'm glad you got some kind of comfort and joy in in something like that through like the difficult time you were having. Um, yeah, Shit's Creek. I only watched Shit's Creek for the first time. I think it was last year, and I'm now on my fifth or sixth run through the whole thing. Is that right? Yeah, just I think forever it will be just on a, a loop for me on repeat. For, yeah, yeah. Just, I absolutely love it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel very yeah comforted by it and safe in it, as well as laughing a lot. And uh, it, yeah, yeah, all of those things you were just talking about there. Um, I'm. I don't want to say this is a like oh this is the first time I've heard that you had a difficult couple of weeks, but I am really sorry you've had a difficult time. And I know we've chatted outside of this the podcast about that as well. Um, yeah, I, yeah, like. Uh, inauthentic i'm really sorry to hear that because i already knew but like uh, yeah yeah i'm really sorry about a a difficult time i appreciate that thanks man yeah it was um so just before so december i felt quite like just very aware of anxiety like lots of anxiety and occasionally anxiety spilling over into some feelings of panic and that kind of thing so um i eventually decided so I had taken medication for mental health stuff before a few years ago. I took um, sertraline and talked to my GP recently and said, I wonder if it's worth trying something else. Um, the trying something else because sertraline made me feel worse for a couple of weeks before it made me feel better, but then it did make me feel better. So he prescribed me another medication. Um, and day one, I was like, oh, this isn't so bad. Because with sertraline, like straight, like day one, I felt really like quite panicky and whatever. And with this, with this new one, uh, fluoxetine, I felt fine day one. And I thought, oh, okay, this is good. So I went for the full dose straight away, which is what the doctor suggested. You know, that's not me, you know, self-prescribing, self-medicating, whatever. That's what the doctor suggested I do. Um, and gradually, day by day, I got worse and worse to the point where I ended up having to take time off work. Um, and there was one night in particular where I like, I can't remember ever having felt as bad as I did that night with panic and anxiety. And I, like to the point where I was like, at what point do I call 999? Like, at, at what point do I decide this is serious? And I like, I didn't think I was going to die or anything like that, but it was just like, I, I can't feel this way. Like it's such a horrible feeling. Um, that was about 10 days in, I think. Um, and so at that point I thought, you know, I don't want to take this anymore. Um, it's fucking with my head too much. Um, that's not, I'm, I'm not at all, not at all anti-medication. I want to be really, really clear. Like I think, um, in some instances, 
medication like fluoxetine can be life-saving. It literally is life-saving in some instances for some people. But for me, the combination of that medicine, maybe living alone as well was kind of part of it, all sorts of stuff just made me think like, no, I just, for now, I want to deal with my anxiety in an unmedicated way. You know, I think I can do that. I could manage it before I took the medication. Um, so I stopped and felt better quite quickly after having stopped. Um, but then that's what the food conversation, that's where that comes from. Because then there was a part of me that was like, well, I started taking this medication for a reason. Do you know what I mean? It's not as simple as like, now I've stopped. Everything's great. Like now I've stopped. I'm back to where I was before I started taking it. Um, and so I just, you know, I'm talking to a counselor, to a therapist, which is great. Um, and trying to look after myself and not overwork and that kind of thing. But I also just thought, you know, the stuff about, for me, a lot of my anxiety is linked to how I feel physically. So I feel a bit tired, a bit run down, a bit, you know, if I've got even just a bit of a sore throat or an upset stomach or whatever, that really kind of triggers my anxiety. Um, and so I thought, well, maybe I need to do something about how well I look after myself. Cause I don't think I do look after myself very well in terms of things like diet and exercise and that kind of thing. Um, so that's where the kind of trying to eat healthy thing now has come in. Um, now, as I said that Dan pulled the face again, and I'm really intrigued about what the face is about. So I'm going to stop talking for a minute and let Dan talk. Why, why do you, why do you like cringe when I talk about eating healthy? I'm so sorry things got that bad for you, Tim. Like, I, um, it sounds really shit. It sounds really, really hard. Um, mm, it was. I know we were, you know, exchanging messages and stuff at different points. I'm, I'm just, I'm really sorry that it, it got to that stage um, and that the medication didn't help. And I'd understand why you'd then look at anything else that might help. And yeah, potentially whether we want to call it self-care or like looking after ourselves or, and if that looks like then I want to eat different things or move in different ways, exercise, whatever, like absolutely makes a lot of sense. Um, mm. So I feel like I need to frame everything I'm about to say from my own experience here, because I don't want to speak course, on behalf of anyone else yeah. or um, say anything that's, um, I don't know, going to, I mean, people might disagree with what I'm, I'm sure people will disagree with what I've got to say. But um, so all of this, what I'm about to say, comes from my experience of having an eating disorder and been in recovery for a few years now. And um, I guess what I'd want to start with there is that when your mental health or your disorder or the illness you're suffering with, the main focus is a thing that you need to survive, food, mm-hmm. um, it becomes torturous and horrific so quickly um because you can't avoid the thing that maybe you're avoiding or having too much of in my in my experience it was not having enough of Mm. in some other people's it might be um uh having more of i'm trying to be quite careful with language around it i guess um but um so uh food and exercise were my ways of managing not managing controlling not controlling uh, my life and um i became very 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 poorly physically and mentally and emotionally um, mm-hmm. and was on a really dangerous path um 
so to then get the treatment, which I'm so grateful I got, and we've spoken about this before, that kind of moment of joy I got of I'll never get this, feel this bad again because I was started to recover. Mm. Um, and a lot of that was about behavior change and uh, needing, firstly, needing to eat and I needed to start eating. Yeah. Um, and viewing food in a very different way because food I was viewing as a dangerous thing that would uh, be bad for me. So I needed to start viewing food in a very different way. Food had to become a healthy thing. And what would have been very dangerous and still would be quite dangerous for me would to be start lumping different foods into different categories of good or bad. Okay. Um, because um, there's a book I recommend people read uh, called Food Isn't Medicine uh, by Dr. Joshua Woolrich. And it's, okay. uh, I think it's a brilliant book and it's, um, yeah, food isn't medicine and it isn't medicine, but it can obviously have a bigger impact and effect on, on you. Um, so yeah, lumping foods into different categories of good or bad, uh, feels really dangerous for me. Um, because all food has nutritional value, whether you, whether it's mm-hmm. high calories, low calories, high fat, low fat, whatever, wherever it is, you know, all food, that's why it's food. Cause it's, nutrition. yeah. Yeah. Um, so to say I'm going to eat healthier for me, my experience of being healthier was eating, was just eating. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so any, for me now, and I'm in such a good place, like with food and exercise now, but for me, anything that is about restriction would be incredibly dangerous for me. Right, 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 right. So, yeah, I'm with you. So any kind of diet or change in diet that is based on removing something mm-hmm. or a type of food or calling it crap or yeah. calling it whatever you want to call it, would be very dangerous for me mm. um, because it would quickly form a habit and I would then only eat like one. Day. And, and that's, this is true of any food, you know, whatever yeah. you're restricting or having more of. So it's good. It's, it had to be all about just eating and then and having this balance in my life. And then same with exercise, you know, exercise is, um, has become a really lovely thing mostly in my life now, but it was a very dangerous thing. And um, mm-hmm. so having these things and in, in starting to, integrate them into my life in a way that I can enjoy both things. And I genuinely, most of the time, 95% of the time now enjoy exercise and enjoy food. Yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the thought of calling a specific type of food, I'm going to go to like the extremes here, but like lettuce and kale are good food and mm-hmm. donuts mm. and McDonald's are bad food and unhealthy. And that's just not true. Yes. Um, yeah. It's simply not true. Um, but if you want to create some balance, like you have to get balance. So, uh, yeah. so you've not said an awful lot at the moment about what your version of this yeah. is. But yeah. they're, they're the reasons, some of the reasons, there's many more, but they're some of the reasons why my face does a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about healthy food or not healthy food. Um, but I fully appreciate it and endorse like if you found something that works for you and is improving things for you that is sustainable and healthy yeah like fill your boots you know what i mean Do like um absolutely yeah and actually i think um we're 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 much closer to the same point than um your initial facial reaction implied um i think um so um obviously you and I both have, both have had our, um, uh, 
different kind of experiences with mental health and mental ill health and that kind of thing. And um, I think our experience of mental ill health has some overlap in the sense that all of this stuff has overlapped, but we're starting from quite different places. So food's never been an issue for me in the same way that it was for you. I've never had an eating disorder um, and food has never been something particularly that I am worried about. Um, energy levels are, um, and I, I can't tell you the amount of times in the past year where I've said to somebody, do you know, I think I might be coming down with a cold. I just feel like a little bit run down and not quite right. Um, and then the cold never comes, but like that happens all the time that I start to feel kind of that way. And that triggers my anxiety. My anxiety feels worse, especially if I've got to then go into work and that kind of thing. So for me, this thing about trying to live a little bit more healthily is really about how do I build those energy levels? And I've been reading uh, a book by Tim Spector, who some people might recognize the name. He's the guy behind the Zoe COVID symptom study app. So he's a a scientist, works for King's College London, um, really credible guy, not like, you know, the myths the doctors don't want you to know.com kind of a person, like like a King's College peer reviewed researcher. And he's written this brilliant book called the diet myth and this is where i think you and i are actually probably closer to each other than what it might have sounded like at the start because he echoes pretty much what you've just said in that so he talks about we have a very unhealthy approach to diets in the west which is predominantly about calories it's about calories in versus calories out good calories bad calories you know there's the kind of fat that you want and the kind of fat that you don't want saturated and unsaturated and all that kind of stuff. And he said a lot of that, this is me paraphrasing. And I should say me paraphrasing as somebody who's completely not an expert in this. I'm just kind of parroting what I remember him saying, but a lot of that is basically bullshit. All all of that is horseshit. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. I'm I'm happy you've said it more strongly than I have. (laughs) Um, but his thing is um, our bodies are full of living. Uh, our bodies are universes full of life, full of bacteria, full of like living things. Like we're a constellation of life within us. And there's a lot about that stuff, which we don't talk about in Western kind of approaches to nutrition, healthy living exercise, that kind of stuff. And so his kind of whole thing is, Developing a healthy microbiome is a much better indicator of how healthy you are than counting calories. Um, so, for example, and this is what got me thinking about it. Um, serotonin, which is the chemical that antidepressants uh, help you to release in your body, the kind of happiness chemical, is manufactured in your gut. And your if you nurture kind of gut flora like a gut bacteria that help to boost your serotonin levels that can have an impact on your mental health so his thing is forget about calorie counting forget about calories in versus calories out you know all that kind of stuff and instead focus on enjoying good food that will help your kind of your the the universe of life in your body to flourish. Basically, this is my language, not his here. I don't think he talks in that same way. Um, But so he talks about like cheese is great. 
you should have cheese, especially unpasteurized fermented cheese, because that's full of life. That's really good for you. And obviously, we all know this, plenty of fruit and vegetables are, is really good for you. But if you're just eating a banana every day, that doesn't count. It's got to be diversity. So his thing is you should try to have 30 different types of plant-based things in your diet every week, rather than your five a day, a d- diversity of 30 different things per week. Like these are things that help your kind of gut microbiome develop in a good way. Um, so off the back of a kind of, um, uh, I don't want to say failed attempt because that's ascribing a value judgment to it, but off the back of trying to get on with medication and not getting on with it, I wanted to do something. I wanted to kind of think about what, what positive steps can I take having decided not to take this one. And if, if Tim Spector and other kind of biologists kind of in his field are right, then maybe that's worth investing in. But it's not a restrictive diet. That's the point. So I had um, grilled halloumi and chips for dinner last night. You know, that's fine. Guilt-free, not a problem at all. Um, But it's uh, being a little bit more conscious about buying plenty of fruit and vegetables when you go to the supermarket to cook with during the week and that kind of thing. And it's tied in with, for me, um, cooking, which is not something I do normally, but being a little bit more deliberate about cooking. So rather than coming home and crashing on the sofa and watching TV, I come home and admittedly have to force myself slightly to go into the kitchen and start connecting with food and feeling it and cutting it and tasting it and thinking and experimenting with it. And it's a little bit harder work but it actually makes me feel a little bit more alive just doing that, being a little bit more connected with the food that I eat rather than just bunging something in the microwave for five minutes and eating it in front of TV. Um, so it's kind of connected with that as well. There's a, like, I, I've started to hate the phrase mindful because it's become such a like buzz phrase that's loaded with bullshit. But for want of a better word, being a little bit more mindful about what I eat, not in the sense of like, this is good, this is bad, but in the sense of like, just connecting with it um feels good feels good for me um so yeah so i don't think we're poles apart actually in terms of where we're coming from with this i'm not promoting a restrictive diet um okay i, I have go on go on you I talk for a bit <laughs> go on go on let me hear him um i'm glad it's working for you it, like I'm, I'm i hope it continues to and i hope it it can give you what you want it to give you i should yeah. say i don't know if it's working for me yet okay I'm, I'm, it's i'm trying it so i hope it does oh yeah no i hope whatever you <laughs> <laughs> in some ways i hope it does yeah okay because <laughs> i want on. you to feel better yeah um the danger that i hear because of my experience in what you've just said is that that all sounds really positive what you've just said the danger though is on the day where you don't go into the kitchen and chuck something in the microwave instead or grab a pizza or a mcdonald's or something that then that's like a oh i haven't done this good thing i've fallen into this and this was a bad thing and i shouldn't have done this on this one day Mm -hmm. i'm not saying you'll fall into that like on that day but that's the danger in these things while it's not a restrictive diet what it falls into a trap of is if is that's the good stuff that's the good thing to do 
And on a day where I can't be asked to do that, or not even can't be asked, I fancy a fucking pizza or some fish and chips yeah. or a takeaway, whatever it is. Yeah. And that's all right. And that's absolutely fine because y- you can get your joy out of food through whatever you enjoy, whatever you absolutely. Like, you know, so there for me, like the dangers I hear when I hear that you speaking about it. Yeah. Is there are traps in there that you could not you personally Tim but like yes one could fall into yeah 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 Um, so whilst I don't disagree with anything that you said I guess well yeah while we've got some overlap of experience in terms of mental health like I guess to why in my experience I hear things from a very specific and particular point of view yeah 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 I'm very uh hyper aware and hypersensitive and hyper attuned mm-hmm. to anything that could be a trap or, yeah. or that could um yeah pull me particularly in a diet or invite me into something that yeah. is not going to be a good place for me and being able to kind of for me personally like eat what I want want when I want to eat it has yeah. been a real fucking struggle and challenge to get here. And I'm I'm not fully there yet, but I am way more there than I have been. And mm-hmm. it's lovely because sometimes I want a salad. Sometimes I want an apple. Sometimes I want a donut. Yesterday I baked a chocolate fudge cake and we had chocolate fudge cake and like that was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sound, well, sounds wonderful it, it is and and it was great and it's like oh that can bring me joy tomorrow yeah. i yeah might want an apple and some grapes and that would be bring me some joy because i love apples you know just whatever yeah. it is um i just there's a there's a real it's really difficult with i i really love you to read that book that i mentioned to yeah 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 and get your take on it um i will it's um yeah so food isn't medicine and he talks he calls it uh, nutri bollocks it's kind of about yeah. the diet industry largely yeah and how dangerous that is especially this time of year in January so it's not yes. a bad time for us to be talking about it yeah that's true actually that's a really good point yeah because yeah, it does and like even actually when I think back a year ago this time of year was immensely difficult for me to hear anything about diets or, or mm. anything and a few years ago even more so but like now i can just kind of hear it and get irritated by it rather than yeah impact yeah. particularly by it i can be like oh, it's fucking this time of year again where we invite people into these like restrictive ways of living and yeah uh, food is bad and this food is good and exercise is just, and you get told exercise all the time by the way is a good thing exercise is good for your mental health um yeah well actually it was close to killing me um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Of course, good for my mental health, but it can be. Yeah, yeah, it can be good for my mental health. And so, can I? Um, um, you obviously don't have to answer this, but I'm interested because I know exercise is a part of your life now, hmm. and I am I'm curious about the journey that you've gone on with that. Where I know that for eating disorders, exercise can become a real toxic, almost form of self-harm. And I assume now that your relationship with exercise is quite healthy, though we haven't ever spoken about it ever, I don't think. Um, So I'm just interested to know about that journey that you've gone on with it. Um, Yeah, thank you for asking. I guess um, whilst when I started Right Recovery, it was mainly 
you need to put some food in your body. You need to eat. You need to fuel your body. And it was <laughs> less about the exercise initially, but it quickly became about exercise as well. And you need to eat and you need to stop exercising as much um, because it's just unhealthy and it's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it what I was essentially running... I never really like getting into numbers because I know it can be difficult for people. So if, people, if, if this is difficult for people, I'd maybe skip forward a minute or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I was running uh, 25 kilometers every day and going to the gym and doing other stuff as well. So I was doing all of that every, every single day without a day off. I think it was about, I had ended up with that, a year without a day off. Wow. Um, and... Yeah, the amount of damage that's done to like my toes, feet, legs, like everything, but but like everything. So I had to just stop doing that or reduce it. And I had I had this kind of so through CBT, it was a I had a menu plan, and then I had to um, look at my plan for exercise, and it was how to reduce that in different ways. And I still now. Um, I'm flexible with what my exercise looks like and and still kind of push and pull with it a little bit to what to what my intent is when I'm doing it sometimes and sometimes my intent still might be because I have to do it mm-hmm. uh, and I have to clock that sometimes but most of the time I, I mean I love being active I love moving so I do like doing things so it's it's always like that weird question in my own head of am I doing this because of an eating disorder am I doing this because I just want to yeah. do it yeah so I know I've spoken here about joining a hip hop dance class. That was part of like, how do I find some joy and some fun in moving and exercise and being active? Mm. And I do still run, but way, 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 way less than I used to. Like so, so much less. So, and I now start taking my dog on runs and I love that. I love having a run with my dog, with Norma. Um, and I'll go and do, like I've spoken on here before, about like um, obstacle course races and stuff to have more fun with it. And yeah. I go yeah. swimming and I walk my dog. So I've got a variety of things that I mostly really enjoy. I can still sometimes find myself like mid-run going, I wish I wasn't out doing this at the moment. I'm freezing, it's wet, it's cold. Yeah. I wish I wasn't kind of doing this. Um, so I still have to kind of clock some decision-making that I do. Um so it's still a bit of a journey and it still will be, but it's so much different to, I was just in a, this is what I have to do every day before. And there was no option. Yeah. I felt like I had no option. Yeah. It's just what I had to do. And now I've got, I, I now make choices and decisions about food and exercise and lots of other things actually in my life that are what's toxic in my life. What isn't, what decisions can I make? Who can I mm invite into my life who do i put at a distance there's yeah. so many different th- versions of that and exercise and food are big parts of that as well and which parts do i want to invite in and embrace yeah um so yeah um i don't know if that really answered your question or not but... no it, it well yeah it, it, I, I don't know there was really a question to answer it's just a thing to explore i'm i'm just thinking while i hear you talk i I haven't had those same issues with exercise and food um, as you have. I think I have the the. Sorry, I'm herding a cat while I I'm talking. That's what you might have been doing. I was wondering. Yeah, <laughs> she's she, she's decided at quarter to three that it's dinner time, and so is attacking me. Um, Are you lost track of my train of thought? What was I saying? Yes. So I've not had those issues with food and exercise, 
But what I can really relate to in what you're talking about is, um, I don't quite know how to express this. I've for, for most of my life, as long as I can remember, I've been in a battle with myself over trying to create good, healthy habits for myself. So food and exercise might be a part of that, but let's all, so, um, you're supposed to meditate. That's good for you. You're supposed to do yoga. That's good for you. You're supposed to go outside every day. That's good for you as well. Um, you're supposed to whatever read rather than playing video games. You know, there's just an endless list and all of these things in, in, in moderation, in the right context, are healthy things. Yes, meditation is healthy, it's good for you, so is yoga, so is eating well, so is getting exercise, etc. 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 All of those things are probably good for you. So is video games. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm uh, not not anti-video games. Uh, c- certainly in moderation, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. just wanted to add in cuz the, the the list that you just chose to read out of the good things was like the things that we would traditionally say are the good things rather than like the Well, but yeah, but that's the point. That's exactly the point that those things are all, yes, probably good for you, probably good habits, whatever. But I have found them in my life to easily become like a form of self-flagellation. Do you know what I mean? So like, fuck, I haven't meditated today. Shit. I suck. (laughs) Um, You know, I haven't haven't exercised in weeks. Like, that sucks. Like, I'm really... And um, especially when it becomes this list... Um, so for a while I had like a little app on my phone, which was all about supporting good habits. It's actually a really good app. It's a really good app, which I'm like, would recommend it's called Habitica and it's like, it's a gamifying thing. So, you know, so you, you tell it the apps, the, the, the habits that you want to develop and it gives you, it's like a little RPG. You have a character and it gives you little coins in the game when you do them in real life and you can upgrade your character and stuff. Really fun, really good thing to do. But for a while, my list of daily habits was huge and I was just tired, like, I just wanted to really what I want to do is just, you know, I just want to lie on the sofa and watch some porn. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, I just want to turn my brain. I don't want to be doing all of these fucking healthy habits. I just, I'm really tired. I just want to do something easy. And, and I think going back to what you were talking about with exercise and food and that kind of thing, I don't know if this is, this isn't something I've spoken about with many people. So I don't know whether how relatable it is, but certainly in my life, that thing of like finding the right balance, because obviously if I just come home and lie on the sofa and watch porn every day for the whole evening, that would suck. I'd become really depressed. That would be a really unhealthy um, thing to do. Going outside, meditating, doing yoga, those are all healthy things to do. And finding the balance between I guess doing those, doing those, healthy, I'm doing air quotes, but sorry, sorry, Dan, go on. Yeah, so it's moderation, isn't it? Yes, of course, yeah. like coming home and sitting on the sofa and watching porn every day would be like an unhealthy thing. Me running, like you might say having a run is a healthy thing, but me running every day was an unhealthy thing. So yeah. any, anything in its, in its extreme is unhealthy. Yeah. And, and doing it in moderation and, and, not just the things that you are told that are good or bad. I think it's the things that bring you joy. If that includes sitting on the sofa watching porn, Tim, that should be part of the things that bring you joy. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Like, so it like, is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it's like the, the variety being the spice of life. You know, like I think the variety and the balance and moderate, like 
taking a like any one thing in this extreme is just too much and it's not healthy. Yeah. Um, I wonder if there's, I'd be, I'd be really interested to know whether this is, this resonates with you and your experience, particularly with exercise. There's almost a feeling of like chasing the dragon. Mm. Um, so like I'm trying to think of an example, like sometimes I'll come home and watch like I, I am, most people probably won't have heard of it. I listen, I watch a YouTube channel called the H3 podcast. They released a few, few, few episodes each week and it always really makes me laugh. And there's times when I watch that and I think this is just brilliant. I love this. I'm really, really enjoying it. And then I'll get into kind of like, I want to watch another one and another one and another one and another one. And it gets to the point where I'm not doing it anymore because it's giving me joy I'm doing it because I'm chasing that initial feeling. Yep. You know, that's like a trivial example, that particular part. I'm not addicted to that podcast, yeah. but it's that same thing, whether it's like, whether it's um, on the one, fucking cat, stop that. <laughs> whether it's like um, watching porn, which I don't think there's anything wrong with, but then you end up chasing the dragon, needing more and more harder core stuff or exercising or eating healthily. Do you know what I mean? Like eating your vegetables, wh- whatever it is. Yeah. Um, there's that thing of like, this was good for me in, in every sense for five minutes yesterday. But now I'm doing it all the time because I'm chasing that initial feeling that it gave me. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. But I can't separate out now the euphemism of chasing the dragon being about watching porn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's a real thing. I think like... I agree. I agree. But if I yeah. have anyone say now chasing the dragon, <laughs> so that's, like, so, euphemism for having a wank. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, I've heard it called some things. <laughs> chasing the dragon. <laughs> yeah. And all of that, I think. And whether any of that becomes an addiction or an unhealthy habit or forms part of some mental health. Because obviously like, I say, obviously, it might not be obvious, but for me, my eating disorder and eating disorder is way more than, oh, here's a habit I'm now in and I'm kind of stuck in. It's like a lot more nuance and complexity to it. But um, on the surface level, it was food and exercise. And I had to do a lot <laughs> to change behavior before I could then have, you know, some more years of therapy to unpack everything that sits underneath all of that. But ultimately, eating disorders, like, really one of the most kind of dangerous, well, it's the most lethal kind of mental health uh, yeah. issue you can have because you are, if you, especially if it's a restrictive one, because you are stopping the thing you need to survive. It'd be yeah. like having a mental yeah. disorder where you can't breathe, you know, you, you, Absolutely. you, you need it. Yeah. Um, you, so yeah, it becomes very, very dangerous. Um, chasing the dragon just kind of glim- like went through my head very quickly. <laughs> Um, <laughs> trying not to um, think about it <laughs> um, we weren't expect. I don't I know we were going to have this conversation about diet and food so we're 40 minutes in and we're still talking and I think that's fine by the way I don't think we probably yeah. get to like the thing we were going to talk about because yeah I was gonna yeah we had a, we had an email from a listener but if we don't get to it today we'll get to it next month that's, yeah it's all good I well, think this is really this of, a good conversation yeah there were a few things we'd, we'd been meaning to cover the last few months and like push them back but that's okay we can push it back again for yeah. like okay reasons that we're just having this other conversation yeah 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 um 
so yeah, I um when you initially mentioned talking about this and you did say eating less crap and eating healthier. Mm. And while, that was before we hit record, by the yeah, way, so the listeners sorry. won't know that I used that phrase, but sorry, I did, about, I did use that phrase. You as um, using yeah. those words. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with the words per se, but I, I, I hear them as pitfalls, traps, and danger because yeah. I could say, right, I'm now only going to eat lettuce for the rest of my life because it's good a good mm. food well no i mean it's it ends up being crap it'd be crap that's completely it. yeah yeah, yeah so it would be yeah it's the content <clears throat> and the framing of those foods and if you only eat mcdonald's yes it's crap if you only eat one thing yeah it's crap so it's, it's all about that balance and yeah it's it's not easy and then when we talk about diets and diet culture that book that i recommended talks a lot about this but that that any like governments, what our government want to talk about, um, and they did it through COVID as well. How do we reduce obesity? How do we tackle obesity? Because obesity is a problem, you know, as mm-hmm. different countries have it as, a, as an issue and a problem. Now, shaming people about their calorie intake and their BMI is not the answer. To, there is no evidence that anything like that has ever worked for any country where obese levels have gone down as a result of anything. You try any diet out there, you will lose weight through it through the first few weeks if you commit to it. Yeah. But we all know, I hope we all know, all of these diets are unsustainable Mm -hmm. and you can't maintain it. You then put weight back on and then you feel guilt and shame. And like, it's just an endless perpetual cycle of bullshit yeah i guess the way you're talking about diet is my diet my food intake how i consume food not like a particular diet that you're 100 percent, absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. um so that's kind of the danger i hear in like diet culture like when we hear about like keto diet or this diet or then it's it's such utter bollocks it's absolute bollocks it doesn't help anybody with anything uh i mean the keto i don't know about the keto diet but it was designed to help um I can't remember what it was now, like kids in a particular country with like epilepsy. That might be completely wrong, but it's something like that. It's it's designed for something so different. Um, And that we talked about calorie intake versus calorie, calories out early. Calories are such a bullshit thing. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. BMI doesn't mean a fucking thing. It's absolutely ridiculous that we use BMI for anything at all. That dates back like hundreds of years to... um, maybe not hundreds of years, but like it's a long, long time ago. And it was calculated based on, I think it was like army recruits in Belgium at a certain time. Something like that is how that was calculated. And it was formulated by a mathematician. Um, It wasn't anyone adopt. It wasn't anyone related to food or nutrition or diet. Um, And it's just utter horseshit. It just doesn't mean anything. It's used to shame people. Um, That is not the way you tackle I don't know the way you tackle national obesity because it's never been done. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, we're, we're everything you've just said, I'm a hundred percent on the same page with you as, um, and I like, yeah, I certainly like that. And that's why I was quite clear when I was talking about Tim Spector's book that I am reviewing a book, which as somebody with no training or background, I've read once and appreciated but don't really know because the last thing I want to be is like 
you know, Joe Rogan propagating misinformation, like on the podcast and advocating for like really unscientific diets, especially fad diets or whatever. Um, so I do, I think with, let's say, sorry, that's ironically my stomach just rumbled, (laughs) but with everything that we've just talked about from the food you eat to exercise to porn, to video games. I think all of those things have the potential to be addictive, destructive, and unhealthy. And all of those things have the potential to be enjoyable, life-giving, energy-giving, um, and, and good, including, as you've, as you've already said, McDonald's and pizza mm. and like food, which doesn't characteristically fit the box of what healthy food looks like do you know what i mean um i mean if you make a decision to cut out pizza from your life or cheese from your life is a good decision i feel really sad for you because not not i mean yes you but like anyone like because i just think if you're going to restrict something that's so for me joyful and lovely and wonderful yeah like well that i get um I, I was talking about this at the friend a little while ago, um, who I saw while I was feeling really low earlier this month. And I, one of the things that the, the, the medication did, which is a fairly common side effect is it completely like flatlined my, um, I use the word libido, but in the broadest sense, I don't just mean like my sex drive. I mean like my get up and go-ness, do you know what I mean? Like my sense of energy, my sense of enthusiasm, that kind of stuff. That's what I mean by libido. And I went to my friend's house and she was like, have you ever heard of chorse? And I went, no. And she said, it's this kind of cheese that a friend of mine introduced me to. I've got some in the fridge. Do you want to try? And I was like, yeah, I'll try a little bit. Chorse? I don't know. I still don't know how to pronounce it. C-H-A-O-U-R-C-E. So she cut me off a little slice and I put it in my mouth and I had this like moment of food joy where I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. This is so good. How have I lived my life without having tried this cheese before? And it was a really nice, like, Oh, I'm alive. I rem- I've just remembered I'm alive for a moment, you know, like it was re- and that was it. It was just a moment. It was over within five seconds. Do you know what I mean? But it was like, ah, oh, just what a relief to remind myself that I can feel this way and that I can be this excited, um, about cheese. Um, and that is one of the, you know, I, again, I don't want to be like an evangelist for Tim Spector and the diet myth or whatever. But one of the things that I do like about it is that it isn't like a, you shouldn't be eating this crap. It's for one thing, he loves cheese and says cheese is really good for you. So that's awesome. So it's like that it's, that's a thumbs up for cheese, but also it's not like a never eat McDonald's again. It's like uh, you should just also eat lots of plant-based stuff because that's really good for you and that'll help with your energy levels. Um, yeah, I mean, not to kind of repeat myself, but like it's that because that, that's all like right. I think that's all I'd agree with everything you just said. It's just that danger for me that I hear still of like, yeah, we should eat all these plant-based things and that should we should eat a lot of it and when you do eat a lot of it, when you have a day where you don't, it can end up making you feel shit for not doing it, you know, and, um, mm. or for, and, and like you've done something bad or, or wrong then, or yeah. like when you say like, oh, I haven't meditated, what a twat, or like I, I've done something like I should have done it. Um, I, it's just those, those 
dangerous. So I know for me, like if I was only when I started eating more, I was still really restrictive in what I was eating. Yeah. And I had to kind of plan in bigger food and different types of food that I know I would enjoy. And um just to like form the habit of like I can have any I can have any food I want. And and it's mm. um and there are obviously exceptions to this, but like mostly as an adult, your body size, and not that this is why we talked about this in the first place today, but like your body shape and size is your body shape and size. And whatever you do, it's not really going to change. Like you mm-hmm. can go on a diet and lose a load of weight, but ultimately you'll probably, you you have a kind of comfortable place where your body is and, and a shape that your body is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's not an awful lot you can do it's going to change that unless you want to live miserably, really. Uh, you could yeah. you live miserably. Um, I guess I didn't really want to bring it back to that because I know that the reason we we're talking about this was because, larger speaking, like on the surface, we we're talking about your uh, mental health, emotional health, your mood, and being able to do something that makes you feel better. Mm. It wasn't, we didn't start talking about this because of weight or bodies. Um, body shape or size particularly yeah um so i know i I fall into that end of that conversation sometimes so that's where i pull a face when you start talking about it because that's the perspective i come from yeah um so that's not to invalidate you could get something good out of what you're talking about yeah 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 no i'm I'm yeah completely with you and i feel quite lucky to be one of the I guess probably quite few people who can look at himself in the mirror and more or less be happy with what I see most of the time, not always, but most of the time. Um, so I've never really worried about weight. I used to, as a teenager, I was self-conscious cause I was so skinny. I, you know, I always wanted to put weight on, but that, that was, you know, I haven't felt that as an adult for a long time. So I feel quite lucky in that sense that I, I don't have that, that concern that lots of people do, whether, whether it's like clinical or just a result of what people see in the media about what they should look like. So Um, in terms of looking in the mirror, um, this is interesting. So maybe it's not interesting to some people, but it is to me. They, um, I, during my like difficulties in an eating disorder, I, uh, I couldn't look at myself really. Like mm -hmm. I covered all the mirrors of my house with this, uh, film that you can't, see like just to like chin level so i could still like do my hair in the mirror or whatever like that right right with all our mirrors with this like film um wow um and only a few months ago towards the end of last year did i remove the last i was slowly over like time removing bits and bobs and i removed the last one of those in probably in december maybe a bit like november december and that, that was like a mirror that when i get out of the shower it was kind of a mirror there and mm. i removed the last one I'm not saying I now look in the mirror and I'm like overjoyed, but no. I can now look in a mirror and not be, uh, I don't know, like evoked in a particularly negative way. Yeah. Um, which is a glorious place to be, actually. It's a very joyful place to be. Yeah, my- yeah. Um, so, yeah, in terms of what, and there's way more to it than kind of just looking in a mirror and my appearance, like in terms of eating disorder stuff, but that's, of course, like, surface level stuff. Um, yeah. I think um 
I've been, I've been hesitating a little bit about whether I want to talk about this on the podcast or not, because it's, but I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll talk about it slightly carefully. Um, I haven't grown up in a very conservative Christian church. Um, essentially, I'm going to bring this back to porn um, because you're talking about food and exercise. The, the, my relationship with porn is the closest that I can get, I think, to what you're describing. Because I was brought up in a culture that told me that not just porn, but sex was something that was loaded with shame and guilt. Um, sex should be between a man and a woman within the context of marriage. And even then, keep it fairly vanilla. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like missionary and that's it. <laughs> um, and as a teenager, actually, I think, I mean, I, 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 I never remember thinking that girls were yucky. Do you know? Like I always remember having crushes on girls, even in primary school and stuff. So like, I've always had like a, a libido in that sense. But as a teenager, obviously that jumped up a gear um, in the way that it does for most teenagers. Um, you know, their sexual urges became stronger and stronger and um, porn became a kind of way of coping with that because I knew that having sex was bad or I believed that having sex was bad. Um, and porn was also bad, but maybe not as bad. Cause it's not like, you know, the videos there, whether you've watched it or not kind of thing. Um, but so for a long time, porn was this really like guilty thing that I had in my life. You know, like I was really like, I keep watching it and I shouldn't watch it. And I'm ashamed of it right through into adulthood until really recently. We're talking about the past couple of years. I had this damaging relationship with porn where I consumed it and then felt ashamed. And I actually started going to a 12 step program because I thought that I was a sex addict wow. as a virgin. I wow. thought that I was a sex addict because I felt like, why can't I stop looking at porn? I want to stop looking at porn, but I can't stop looking at porn. That's incredible. Like, to, to have, like, uh, like amount of that amount of shame. Yeah, that absolutely. Go to that program. Yeah, as a like as a virgin, as a sex addict, like that. That the shame can shape and drive you into something like that. Yeah, that, yeah. That, sorry, I don't. I don't want to interrupt, but that that's astounding. Yeah. Well, and now looking back, and like I say, I'm not looking back that long ago. Mm. You know, but but looking back, I almost don't recognize that person, and I it was through um therapy i my therapist started to ask me about religion and i almost dismissed the question i was like look i grew up in a conservative evangelical church i was quite toxic in lots of ways but that's not where i am anymore i'm all good with religion now it's not really an issue and then as we started talking about religion and sex really quickly within a couple of sessions i was like oh shit i'm still fucked up <laughs> like i'm not i'm not in the clear at all um, and that therapist really, really, you know, she was just the right person at the right time because she put the idea in my head that like, what if it's just okay? What if you don't need to stop looking at porn? And I had it in my mind. Okay. If I stop trying to put the brakes on, I'll become this like 
porn addicted monster who can never do anything other than consume porn. I'll never leave the house again. Do you know what I mean? Um, Dragon hunter forever. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but gradually with her support, with the support of my therapist, I started to take the brakes off and realized, oh, porn isn't consuming me. And it's not turning me into a sex crazed monster or a rapist or a pedophile or whatever, you know, all of these things, which I have genuinely heard and read porn will do to you. Um, and I had a nice thing a couple of weeks ago while I was on the medication and feeling quite low, quite bad. Um, I, I, this is potentially TMI. But fuck it. It's a small audience. <laughs> um, you sure, are you sure, I, before you proceed, are you sure you want to proceed? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I, um, I, because it had flatlined my libido, I had tried to look at some porn and couldn't. Just like, I don't have the energy for it. I don't have the motivation for it. And in the past, I would have thought, brilliant. This is like flatlined the issue. I'm fixed. The medications helped me that I don't need porn anymore. But now the person who I am now is like, oh, that's a shame. That's one of life's little pleasures that I can't have right now. It's equivalent to having a hobnob and a cup of tea when I get home from work. It's a poor choice of biscuit. Why did I choose hobnob? Uh, uh, any biscuit that doesn't necessarily sound like a euphemism for a dick uh, and a cup of tea when you get in. But it's just like, it's one of those, like now my relationship with porn is like, yeah, it's fine. It's nice. It's a nice thing to do. Not a problem. Doesn't hurt anybody. Um, within moderation, it's fine. Yeah. Um, I want a hobnob, I'll have a hobnob. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Can we not use that as a euphemism for looking at porn? Because it will really ruin hobnobs for me, Look, which are my favorite biscuits. Or if I want to chase a dragon... <laughs> I will do either of those things. Yeah, yeah. But that but but that said, I do believe sex addiction is real. I do believe porn addiction is real. Yeah. But I don't have it. I don't believe that I am an addict. Yeah. Which I did a few years ago, but I don't believe that anymore. And I guess this conversation with food, this is bringing it back around to where we started, is kind of similar in that whether it's porn, food, exercise, eating biscuits, whatever. There are people who, because of circumstance, biology, upbringing, whatever, will need to be much more careful around that stuff than other people do and will need to be more deliberate about it than other people do. And we could even talk about diets, you know, like let's say keto diet. I think it's bullshit. You think it's bullshit. But some people can just do it and it's bullshit, but it doesn't really hurt them. Yeah. or whatever yeah like and some people can't well with us like i i say this probably sounding like i had i was preaching but like i'm not here to preach to someone who's on a keto diet and say you shouldn't be doing it if, if you do it like it's your decision it's your choice to do what you want to do mm. for me it would be a very very dangerous thing i think it's particularly unhealthy um but yeah if you you if it's working for you for whatever that's you, go for it but it's bullshit yeah <laughs> um, yeah but um yeah. like it is your decision to make um and yeah you need to s- stay away from or invite in the right and wrong kind of things that are work for you as an individual um and the reason the diet industry and things like keto are bullshit is because if they worked for in terms of like reducing obesity 
it would work for reducing obesity on a national level. Yeah. yeah. It's so individual, like diet exercise bodies are so individual that yes. no one yes. thing can work. And that's why it doesn't. That's why you see so many hundreds of different books about different diets and stuff, because they don't work because they yeah. can't work because it has to speak to you as an individual. That's and right. That will be the same for anything, food, exercise, porn, sex, drugs, alcohol, whatever yeah. behavior we talk about, it is nuanced it's complex it's unique it's individual it can be horrific it can be joyful it's finding mm. what what you need um yeah for you um and also being aware of the impact of those things that you found on other people um for not preaching about them or things that we say like yeah, I've had to, I challenge people sometimes on like words and things I'll say around food and exercise, not because it particularly evokes a strong feeling in me now. It can, but I can do something quite quickly with it. But because I know other people might be really badly impacted. Yeah, yeah. By the things people say, um, especially after Christmas, like you hear so many bad messages of um, yes you need to work off all those Christmas treats and all that Christmas food. And like, yeah, that's right. It's, yeah. It's, it's ludicrous. Like, yeah, burn, burn it off, burn it. Well, no, like you didn't, yeah. you didn't have to like earn that food. You just, like, just have it. That's right. And you it's, it, I mean, it's almost religious in a bad way. It's like yeah. you have sinned yeah. over Christmas and you know, it's okay. Cause it was fun and it was Christmas and it's okay to be naughty over Christmas, but now you damn well better do your penance Yeah, now that you've done your sin. It's now, the same kind of purge. like, yeah. Purge. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And that's, I mean, that literally was a religious thing for me as a teenager. You have sinned in watching porn. Now you damn well better start praying for forgiveness. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like my, the, I, I'm conscious of time. We won't get, well, maybe we'll get into this another time. But as a teenager, my image of God was absolutely monstrous. Do you know what I mean? Like this angry, vengeful God who punished me. I thought my anxiety was God's punishment for me looking at porn. Yeah. yeah. Which is really sad. That breaks my heart now that anybody would believe that, you know, that they would have this horrible image of God. But it's the same, you know, whether it's work off those pounds or whether it's, pray for forgiveness yeah. it's the same kind of script which is you're a bad dirty boy you shouldn't do that and now you need to feel really guilty and ashamed and make yourself pure again yeah i feel like in this i'm not i don't feel like i've touched a lot on joy in this whole conversation but i think it's in there you know i think it's, it's yeah i think yeah. it's baked in and it's actually what i will say about joy and food in the last week so i baked this chocolate fridge cake yesterday gave me a lot of joy baking it gave me a lot of joy eating it i also made my own kebab meat yesterday that gave me a lot of joy making it and eating it you made your own kebab meat i mean i say i made my own kebab it's just like mince and then that like, you choose the right spices and you make your own kebab. Huh. like wow i've never heard of i didn't even know that was a thing you could do so like, was it nice? like lamb mince and then i used like uh paprika and um onion and garlic and so different spices and then it tastes like like kebab like you'd get from the chip shop really but Amazing. Like, you know what's in it yeah 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 even better <laughs> yeah um it's not just dicks and brains no, exactly um so yeah just in terms of joy from food but i guess yeah in terms of we do want to we were going to talk today about making male friends as an adult uh and i think we'll try and do that next because i really want to yeah. get to that conversation really yeah 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 um, yeah, but I think this has been a really good 
important conversation actually i think it's touched on some really really important cool stuff um Um, so have you i know you've had a difficult time but have you got since our last recording a a joy story have you got a what's brought you joy in the last yeah i think so the cue joy story jingle Um, uh, yeah, I, I did have to think about it a little bit because it's, because I had a kind of shitty kind of couple of weeks, a difficult kind of couple of weeks. I had to think about what those little moments of joy are. Um, and I shared one already, the cheese story. Yes. I know that by the way, which, yeah, which, which was more than just about enjoying a piece of cheese. It was, it was a reminder, like I said at the time that mm-hmm. I am alive yeah. and that, that it, 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 I do still have it in me to feel this level of excitement and joy. Yeah. Um, and the other, did I, have I spoken yet on this podcast about my longboard? Yes, I have. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm just going to speak about it again. Okay. Um, you introduced yourself with it last time. Did I? Right. Okay. Okay. But yeah, I mean, there was about a week when I didn't have the energy to go out and do it, but when, when my energy started to come back, getting out onto those four wheels again, and just kind of surfing through town, surfing through the parks, like that kind of stuff, just particularly in nature, do you know, where there's like squirrels and birds and that kind of stuff around, um, is a really energizing, like just again, kind of makes you feel alive. Just, uh, yeah, just a reminder that, that life is out there. Um, so I've, I've really, really been enjoying that. I did come off it for the first time the other day. I was fine. No, no harm done. But um, I accidentally, there's like a little wheel that you turn. So you turn it one way to accelerate and the other way to brake. And there was a man walking towards me. And so I went to brake and something just misfired in my brain. And I accidentally turned it the wrong way to accelerate. So I pushed it up onto accelerate and it just went whoop from underneath me. And I kind of went like the board went and I didn't <laughs> basically. Um, so I was absolutely fine. No harm done. Apart from slightly bruised ego. Um but yeah, it's it's just so much fun. Like it's a really and that those little moments, even though, like I say, there was a minute there where I couldn't go out on the longboard because I didn't have the energy to. But whether it's the cheese or the longboard, those little moments, which are just a kind of reminder that, hey, yeah, you can feel joyful still, you can feel alive still. Um, they right. were they were still there. They were peppered into those difficult couple of weeks. Definitely, I'm really pleased you've had those moments. That, uh, yeah, even if a small joyful moments, like a reminder of the wider like of life. Yeah, yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. Oh, and I um I will also say the support of my friends and family and colleagues during those two weeks was amazing, and I count myself as unbelievably lucky to have you know, family who will speak to me at two o'clock in the morning, friends who will check in on me, um, colleagues who were really fine with me canceling stuff at the last minute. Cause I couldn't face doing it and taking it, you know, doing it themselves on my behalf, you know, that kind of stuff. And you, Dan sent me a Spider-Man fidget spinner in the post. <laughs> and you said what well, we texted about it and you said, it's a little bit naff, but it, it genuinely isn't a little bit naff. And for a week, I played with that thing nonstop because um, it's really just satisfying um, and really nice. But more importantly than actually it being satisfying and nice, 
is the fact that you thought about me uh, and and sent that to me. So I'm really, really grateful for that. That was a moment of joy as well. Well, you're very welcome. I mean, because I, I do think they're a bit enough, but like it was more that I, I wanted to show you that like, I was just thinking about you really. Um, yeah. More than here's something that might be really, I'm glad you did play with it. That was good. I did. I, genuinely, it's like, it's really fun. Um, good good um, maybe i'm a bit naff <laughs> I, I would never describe you as naff can i make a small <laughs> suggestion to you yeah um you don't have to adopt this at all but like you said a couple of times like you can see yourself really lucky to have like people and the support and the friends i just wanted to suggest you change the word lucky to grateful can i add the word grateful of course. rather than changing it of i'll course. keep lucky as well of course i just especially for when you receive support or feel support from people like friends and colleagues and stuff. I, I think lucky um, would imply you haven't had a part to play in that. Right. You're lucky to have received it, you know, but you've built and are invested in and engage in those relationships and you wouldn't receive that if you didn't. Yeah. I, 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 do agree with that that's true and it is like it's a mutual thing the reason why the word i do use the word lucky um and this is actually really emphasized to me in my work at the hospital that i meet people who are lovely compassionate sweet gentle people who aren't as lucky as i am to have people around them and who are in hospital beds by themselves do you know what i mean um so i do uh, like it's not it's not to say that like i'm just I've just lucked into friendships as if I don't do anything to maintain them. But I do think that there is an element of luck uh, yeah. in it as well. That That's absolutely yeah. fair enough. I think, I think, I think sometimes luck doesn't cover it, but I think from your, yeah, your reflection now, I think that absolutely makes a lot of sense. I just know I like a couple of times I've said like personally in my life, I'll say like, I'm so lucky to be where I am now from where I was. And actually I, like, maybe I am, but actually I'm really grateful for it because I've worked hard at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The things like that, but that, that makes a lot of sense. I think. Really. Yeah. Yeah. They're not exclusive. I don't think. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. I just, I think it just, Oh, like, yeah. I, it'd be nice if you did add it in, I think just because I think it gives you the credit as well. Then, as, yeah. You know. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with uh, Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, well, I agree. I agree. I'm on the same page. Good. Good. What's your joy story for this month? I was thinking about this earlier, and I was finding it quite difficult to... I mean, there's been quite a lot, actually, quite a lot of joy. Um, and there are a number of things I was thinking I could bring, but there's one that stands out. The thing, I kind of feel like I want to mention a couple now, even though... Um, I mentioned three, so you're you're all right. That's tr- Okay, so I'll mention two quickly, and then I'll do more. So first was like closing the door on a job I've been in for a long time and starting some new opportunities. And there was a, there was a real, real joy in, 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 in that uh, cool. process for me. Uh, last week um, I went to do uh, Ninja Warrior, this like indoor, that, that wasn't my joy actually in Ninja Warrior, but on our way back, I was with my friend Phil, we saw in Asda they were selling Cinnabons and I didn't know Cinnabons existed in this country. I thought it was just in America. I didn't. Oh, all right. It reminds me of being in Florida and at Universal Studios in particular. And just the sign made me instantly like, oh, I love Cinnabon. I love Florida. I love Universal Studios. And then we went and got one and I went and got a Cinnabon. And like, nice. I loved it as well, but it was more the kind of what it conjured up. Um, yeah. But really, my main joy story is um, I finished therapy last week after many, many years of therapy. Uh, 
and really and the decision to end my therapy was is come out of circumstance because I'm starting these new jobs I yeah. don't know what my schedule looks like to fit therapy into where I normally have it at the moment right so right. kind of so I'm, I'm likely to go back to therapy at some point but what I discovered through that and talking about ending was actually I don't need it anymore amazing um, I want it and I don't need it yeah and yeah yeah coming to that realization earlier this month that I don't need therapy anymore. I want it. And I probably will still go back to it or go forward to it. I should say um, at some point, because I do really want it and I want something yeah. more in it, but um, I don't need it anymore. And that, that moment of realization was felt so empowering yeah. and joyful. And that, like, I've needed this for so many years and I don't need it anymore. Um, That's amazing, man. Yeah, I felt it felt amazing to come to. It felt sad as well, but also like it's so many different emotions in there. But um, yeah, there was a lot of joy in realizing I'm making all these decisions in my life. So we're like selling our house, we're moving. I've got these new jobs. I've, I've, there's so many things I'm kind of deciding at the moment, and um, yeah, also deciding to end therapy and circumstance kind of dictated it. But yeah, I don't need it, and that's. I didn't think I'd get to that place actually, like a few years ago, of like not needing this anymore. And and I don't. And it's helped me. And I was saying to my therapist, like the, the strange, weird, the lovely, wonderful thing about therapy is it gets you to a point where you don't need it anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is a kind of a weird like irony to the process that yeah. it gets you to not needing it anymore. Or should Yeah, absolutely. Um and that feels like a beautiful place to be. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. And I, li- I, I like that you, um, yeah, you, you don't need it, but you still want it. I think there's like, there's like therapy that you have, like, it's like taking your car to the garage, right? There's, there's certain trips to the garage where you have to do it because there's smoke coming out of your car and it's about to blow up. But there's also like, just keep, you know, changing the oil, getting it MOT'd, that kind of stuff. And the fact that there isn't smoke coming out of your car anymore is awesome. Um, but, you know, maintaining that kind of, yeah, you know, oil checks, whatever, is, is, a really, is a really good and healthy thing to do. Well, the whole process has helped me to build things into my life to make sure that stuff's okay. You know, the whole yeah. process that is I've built relationships and situations in my life that me and I'm okay. Yeah, and yeah. And I don't need that, that bit anymore. And, yeah, I want it, and I think I will have it again I don't know when, but like at some point, you know, when I can, yeah. but uh, yeah, not needing that feels, yeah, feels amazing. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. On the job, on the therapy. That's uh that's, that's all, that's all huge. That's brilliant. Yeah. There's a lot of big, there's a lot of big change going on, which, uh, yeah. which has all been as a result of me deciding things and making choices and taking some control. So yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Well, uh, we're an hour and a quarter, so it seems like a kind of good place to wrap up. I think that's been good today. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I think we didn't get onto what we were planning on talking about, but I think it's been a, a, yeah. a really real conversation. So, um, yeah, I think I think it was good. I think we should do a little, I hate the word trigger, but trigger warning to put at the beginning, but we can do that in a minute. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I had the same thought. We'll yeah. do that. If you're listening to this, you will have already heard the trigger warning at the beginning of this podcast. And you're and like, so, why is Dan saying end. that? <laughs> well, no, it's nice because it means we've come full circle. In our end is our beginning. Our end is our beginning. Now, 
for any listeners still listening to this drivel at the end. Um, I hope you enjoy whatever, whatever's going on for you. You continue chasing that dragon, um, whatever that dragon is. Um, and are we going to do our little... Oh, we haven't said how to get in touch either. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. So, yeah. Um, email us. Get in touch at joystorypodcast at gmail.com. Please do. Um, or on social media. So message me on Instagram at Tim S. Leeson or tweet Dan on Twitter. On, give me all the tweets on Twitter at <laughs> uh, Dan Mills de Bell. Dan Mills de Bell. Or maybe we should it. have a Joy Story Instagram. I don't think we're big enough to have a Joy Story Instagram. But um, We'll get there. Yeah, email us there. That's a dragon we're chasing. Fame. <laughs> the strongest drug known to man. <laughs> and it's only a healthy one. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Fame's never fucked anybody. <laughs> Please do get in touch. Any questions, thoughts, engage in the conversation. And remember, you've got, got a, a friend, friend in, in us. That felt pretty in unison. Yeah, and it nearly was, apart from right at the very end. You think, uh,